Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you'll join me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. You know, being a teacher is sometimes like having um, an abundance of kids. You you there's a there's this old saying it's called in loco parentis um it's um it's latin it 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 essentially means that i i'm the parent because i am here um and and it refers to this to, to the idea that while our students are not our children while they are in our care we have to act as the parent. And sometimes, man, you love your children and sometimes they get on your nerves. It's just one of those things, right? Sometimes you love them, sometimes they get on your nerves. And I'm, I'm not even just talking about as a teacher, I'm talking about as a parent. Um, sometimes they do things and you're just like, huh? Sometimes they do things you're like, oh my God, that's my baby. But Whatever you find yourself, there's a level of consistency that you must have. And when they don't, when they don't realize or keep with that consistency, you gotta, you gotta strike. There's also another saying that says, spare the rod, spoil the child. The idea behind the idea behind discipline is that sometimes you don't want to do things. But when people repeatedly do the same stuff over and over again after you've told them to not do it, you have to do it. That's that's just a part of being the parent is that sometimes you have to be the bad guy, right? Sometimes you have to be the person that goes, no, that's not okay. That's not all right. You got to do something different. You got to make some different changes, some different I think we I think I'm 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 with anybody who's been a parent or been a teacher in saying that we would love for every day to come in and people to just automatically do all of the stuff that they know they're supposed to do. But that's not how life works. Right? That's not how life works. That's not how this thing goes. The same thing applies to sports, right? When we see our our um our favorite teams our favorite players we're just looking for them to do the right thing all the time right we're looking for them to do the right thing not necessarily to all of us always wow us and be like oh my baby i love him or to be so bad that we're just like what are you doing we just want consistency and it's when we get off of that line of consistency that we don't enjoy the product that we see that brings me to thursday night football where we look at the nfl and what they've tried to do with this thursday night game for the record i've never been in favor of thursday night football not because not because i don't want football on thursday night but because i don't like the idea of teams playing on sunday and then turning around and playing another game on on Thursday, like four days later. Like to me, football is built in a way, it's so physical, it's so demanding that 
if you play a game on Sunday, your body is not ready to play another game on Thursday. Now, I understand. I get it. Like, money is money, right? And so we live in a world where money rule, rules everything. But the product suffers. And what we see on Thursday most times is a product that deals with a bunch of people who look like they're either tired or still hurt. Still hurting from the last game, still tired from the last game, not as prepared. You got to think about the difference between Thursday and Sunday, right? You're talking about three days that you're losing. If the game's on Thursday, that can't be a preparation day. If the game is on Sunday, then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday can all be preparation days for Sunday. That's a dramatic difference. As a high school coach, I can tell you that playing on a Thursday and playing on a Friday is completely different. You feel so rushed on a Thursday. On a Thursday, you come in on Monday to do your install. You get one day of real live, like, goonery on Tuesday where you can really thud it up and, thud and, and, and get people going. And then on Wednesday, you're in this weird place. Like, do we go hard? Do we treat it like a Thursday? Do we do some hybrid in between? And then Thursday, you're playing. Whereas Friday, you get that full Tuesday and Wednesday to prepare. You get that Thursday to prepare and have it as a walkthrough, polish day. And then you play on Friday. So even as a high school, you can feel it just off one day's difference. So now imagine if you go from having a one-day difference to having four. It's going to make a difference in the play, and it has. You know what else makes a difference to me? How we listen to the commentators talk about these two about the two quarterbacks. And, and this was a perfect, this is a perfect opportunity for us to look at two languages, right? So two languages that we have when we listen to commentators and people who are um, involved in, in covering the sport, when we hear them talk about the sport. There's two languages that get used. There's the language that they use for Tom Brady, where it makes it seem as if everything that's happened is everybody else's fault but Tom Brady's. And then there's the language that they use for Lamar Jackson, which makes it seem as if everything that happens that's wrong is Lamar Jackson's fault. Lamar Jackson has to find a way to get more completions. The, the, the Buccaneers have to find a way to, 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 to put Tom Brady in a better position to complete the ball. Tom Brady's offensive line is, 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 is banged up. It's got injuries. But nobody talks about the Ravens. The Ravens and the, and the Buccaneers are kind of mirror images of each other 
in the fact that they've had injuries to key people in key places that they've had to overcome. Yesterday, Baltimore was working without their number one wide receiver and then early into the game without their number one tight end. They were also working without the best left tackle in the game. Again, again, they have a right guard that couldn't, that that the Giants in all their glory thought was not good enough to play right guard for them. They had a right guard. They have a right guard starting that wasn't good enough. They have a rookie center starting. They, they're rolling running backs in like M&Ms. Every, every other day it's a new running back because people keep getting hurt. They just roll a new guy in. Four and five. They're using receivers in the backfield to run the ball. They threw a, they threw a, a, a tall sweep to Lamar Jackson last week. But you listen to it, and everything is on Lamar. Everything is Lamar's fault. First half looked shaky for both teams. And yet, the the entire halftime conversation was about how Lamar had to do something better, how they they needed needed Lamar to step up. The second half, Lamar stepped up. No tight end one, no problem. Go to tight end two. Isaiah Likely, who, by the way, I told you guys out there was the number one tight end in the draft. He's still the number one tight end. It ain't Kate Otten. Nah. Kate Otten might block better. That's about it, though. It's not Daniel Bellinger, even though I like what Bellinger has done. It's not... um. Um, Trey McKitty. It's not any of those dudes. It's not any of them. It is Isaiah Likely. For for better or worse. But like the way that they talked about it. Oh, the teammates have to pick up. They have to pick up Tom Brady. They have to. They have to. Make plays for Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson has to make plays. It's just a well, everything is an RPO. You gotta you gotta make things easy for Lamar. What? Lamar Jackson came from an I know I've said this before. He came from an offense that was not an RPO offense. You're at they've asked him in the last four years, five years now of his. Um, NFL career to do things that he's never did, that he never did until he got to the NFL. He became a read option quarterback in the NFL. He was just a thrower who could run. They would throw the ball with him. Every once in a while, he would he would scramble. They would have some design runs for him, but he wasn't a read option quarterback. So when you hear RPO, run pass option, that's referring to I got to make a read on whether I hand it off or throw it. But in reality, a lot of the stuff that they should be doing is giving the quarterback a run pass option because that's when Lamar Jackson is at his best. Spread them out. 
make them guard. Somebody blitzes, Lamar takes care of that blitz. If they get out of the lane, Lamar takes off and run, it's big games. Spread them out or bring them together. Call a designed quarterback run. Not a read, not something, just a designed run. Lamar's going to run hard. Why? Because he's really good at that. So he's going he's gonna to pick you apart, and then as you start to pay more attention to the passing game, now he'll, he'll hurt you with his legs, or he's going to hurt you with his legs, and now that you're paying more attention with the running game, he's going to hit you over the top. Masterful second half from Lamar Jackson. And it doesn't take a it doesn't take a 350-yard performance. Like I look at I look at the situation and a lot of times they try to compare what Lamar Jackson is doing and what Jalen Hurts is doing and what is going on. They try to compare it to what Daniel Jones is doing this year. And, and while I cover the Giants and, and I appreciate Giants fans, stop putting Daniel Jones in their category. He's never been them. There's a good chance he's never going to be them. The better person to put him in the category of is, 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 is Justin Fields. Because they're asking him to not screw it up. They're allowing him to use his athleticism. They're allowing his, him to use his athleticism, but they're really asking him, don't screw it up. Make the play if it's there. If it's not, eat it. Don't screw it up. Let the defense play hard. They're not, they're not doing that with Jalen Hurts. They're asking Jalen Hurts to win games by any means necessary. But they're asking him to win games. They're asking Lamar Jackson to win games by any means necessary, whether that's run, pass, whatever. They're not asking Daniel Jones to win games. That's the difference. But but the language is, is the interesting part because every time they talk about, every time they talked about Tom Brady, it was as if he could do no wrong. And I'm a Buccaneers fan. It was as if he couldn't do no wrong. And guess what? He was doing a lot of wrong. Bad passes, bad reads just taking sacks instead of just getting the ball away. Like, there was a lot that he was doing wrong. There's a lot that he was doing wrong. We can't just give him a pass because he's Tom Brady. If he's a part of the problem, then we need to say that he's a part of the problem. Right? Now, does that mean that he's finished, that he's cooked? No. Does it mean that the Bucs are done? No, it's a 17-game season. But they haven't put themselves in the best position. They needed this game. Baltimore needed this game. Baltimore won this game. But you hear so much about, like, oh, well, you know, oh, they built this offense around Lamar Jackson. No, they didn't. They built this offense because they thought it was the best for Lamar Jackson because they feel like he can't do what he really can do. Because in this game, where they had to throw the ball a lot, right? In this game where early on, they were saying, 
hey, we're not going to let you run the ball down our throats because the Buccaneers tend to be good against the run. You're going to have to throw to be successful. In that game, Lamar Jackson had to, like, had to, had to, had to ball. And to his credit, he did just that. He did just that. 27 for 38. 27 for 38. You know what Tom Brady was? 26 for 44. He was 27 for 38. Both quarterbacks were sacked the same amount of times. Three. Lamar Jackson had a 62 QBR. Tom Brady, a 27 QBR. But on top of what Lamar Jackson gives you as a passer, 27 for 38, 238 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He also adds in 43 yards rushing. That's 4.8 yards a carry. That is different. That is different. And so, and, and, and by the way, he's out there throwing to a rookie tight end, who I think is really good for the record, Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. Like, these are the guys that he's throwing the ball to. Not Mike Evans, not Chris Godwin, not Julio Jones. Like, these things aren't the same. People keep acting as if some of these other quarterbacks have it so bad. Like, dude, this continually puts up numbers with wide receivers that would not start on almost any other team. And when his tight end one goes down, tight end two steps in and he makes that guy tight end one. Isaiah likely will most likely be the reason why somebody wins a fantasy, a fantasy league this or um, fantasy week this week. That's the impact that he has. That's the type of cachet that he brings. Like, you can talk to me about all of the stuff that you want to. They can tell me how he has to get better at as a passer, and I don't know what else he needs to do other than get the opportunity. But it is rare that we see Lamar Jackson throw the ball 38 times. But lo and behold, he threw the ball 38 times, and what happened? They won. In the second half, they weren't able to just sit down and try to run the, run the ball out. And guess what? They won. That should tell the Baltimore Ravens that the key to success for them is not to just be a ground-and-pound team, but it's to actually allow Lamar Jackson to operate in the capacity that he operates in, which is quarterback. Afford him the same luxuries that are afforded to Tom Brady. And watch what happens. Give him some elite-level receivers, not some second- and third-round guys or some guys that have question marks about them, some elite-level dudes who, when they come out, you're like, yo, that's a dude. Give him, give him a 6'5", 225, 230-pound wide receiver that just muscles people. Give him a 6'1", do-everything 
slot guy to block Heinz Ward with speed type of dude. Give him those guys, see what happens. It's not, it's not brain surgery. Give him a lollipop gill, guess what? He's gonna right. But we also got to just listen to the language because the language says a lot. What are we here doing? Are we are we analyzing Lamar Jackson the same way that we analyze Tom Brady? Are we giving Lamar Jackson the same amount of criticism or the same amount of passes that we're giving Tom Brady? Don't give Tom Brady a pass because he has, he has championships because those championships have nothing to do with this year. Tom Brady... Threw for over 300 yards. It was one of the worst games I've seen Tom Brady play. That was a lot of empty calories in those stats. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson threw for 238 yards, and he looked great to me, especially in the second half. Go figure. Go figure. I just wonder, like, why we can't just talk about everybody the same. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. Do this thing a few times a week. Rate, show, comment, agree, disagree. But whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you join me on the YouTube channel, you know what to do. Like, subscribe. Till next time, peace.